everybody to the house of the Lord. Amen. All I, all I can do is say sorry to anybody watching by stream. There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. You can't get that online, baby. You got to be here in person. And how awesome it is to look across and see all the family of faith, the people of God. Blessings on you for being a part of a move of the Lord. Amen. Let the Lord move across your heart. And I know that when we come to church, it's my heart today that when you come to church, that you're prepared to change, that you're prepared to adjust, that you're prepared to hear the mind of God, that you might have the mind of Christ, that you might go out into the world and affect the world for God. And I'm so thankful to look across the all the family, faith, the people of God. You look so good. Look at your neighbor and say, you look so good. You look so good. You look so good. So welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Welcome to the series that we just started, a series called First Love, First Love Series. And we are in the second message of that series. And I'm just encouraged today that we would today begin to put God first. Amen. How many know we need to put God first? Amen. That's like, that's, that, that's, that's a basic. That's 101 Christianity. God must be first. And so we're going through this series, helping you prepare to live your life in such a way. So let's do this today. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you stand, I want you to open your Bible to Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22. And you can play behind me if you want to, Daniel, that's fine as I'm kind of getting into the reading of the word of the Lord. But we're in Genesis chapter 22. And, and we'll, we'll begin there, verse 1, Genesis 22, verse 1. Many of you are already familiar with this passage. This won't be nothing new to you. But we want to consider something about this man by the name of Abraham that maybe we haven't considered before. And so, again, this is Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to begin reading verse 1. I'll take it through verse 3. And as we go a little deeper into the message, I'll touch on some of the preceding verses at that time. But if you're in Genesis 22, beginning in verse 1, you're in the right place. And it begins like this. Now catch this. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Somebody say early. <laughs> and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Wow, that's something right there, right? Y'all ready to get into the word of the Lord today? So let me encourage you to do something. Don't worry about the roast you got in the oven. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about the buffet or, or your, your lunch plans. Can I encourage you for 30 minutes to give God your undivided attention, just, just your concentration? 
Let your heart be open. Let God speak to it, right? Because that's why we're here. We're here to hear God's opinion on the matter, God's thought on it. So open your heart and your mind to the Lord and let the Spirit of God move over you. I promise you the Spirit of God will always take you back to God's heart, right? So we can trust Him. So let's, let's work on that together. Let's all come together in an affirmation of prayer. Will you pray with me as we affirm that? Father, we thank you for the opportunity that in this hour, in this time, in these fleeting minutes, that we would hear your voice, that we would attend to it, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers of what we hear. And this was the admonition of Jesus to his culture, to his day, to his generation. And we speak it again. Holy Spirit, let us be doers, not just hearers. Stir our hearts again. Renew our minds again. Bring us back to a place of vibrancy. Let us be thankful that we're in your presence, that you're doing something unique, something special in the family of faith. Move us, stir us, guide us, correct us, rebuke us, help us, Holy Spirit. We need your help. We cannot attain to anything here today without you leading us and you prompting us. Move on us as only you can as we purpose to live our lives for the name of Jesus. And we pray that together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look around. You know, we always give a little bit of a salutation uh, one to another. So I want you to go find somebody who looks like they got a frown. And and, and what I want you to do, look for that sad person in the house. Look look for that. Everybody's smiling now. Then what I want you to do, go grab five people and I want you to tell them this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Go get somebody and tell them, Rejoice in the Lord always. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always, Dr. J. As you're uh, saluting each other, it's good to see the family faith. Uh, to To the pastor that's in the house, when I heard pastor, I forgot your name, but Alicia, right? Is it Alicia? I'm sorry? Ron, Pastor Ron. It's so good to have Pastor Ron and Lisa, his family in the house of the Lord today. It's always good to have friends and guests uh, being with us. Amen. Blessings to uh, David's God, a guest today in the house. So glad to uh, meet their beautiful family. Amen. So nice to see the people of the Lord coming together. Welcome both a a partner and, and, and guest and friend of the ministry. Amen. JC, if you could bring me down just a little bit. I feel like I'm a little too hot. Don't want to start buzzing in the house of the Lord. Amen getting some feedback. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to see Sister Dorcas. Amen. How awesome that is. Praise the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, rejoice in the Lord always. Ah, And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's so amazing to have a God like the one we have, who the Bible declares is jealous about you. 
The, the, the Bible says, uh, and this was delivered by the faithful servant we call Moses, who said our God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. God is jealous about you. God is jealous about his glory. What an amazing thing to understand that God is passionate about you and he's passionate about his glory. There's just something so unique about God that God said, listen, I'm not going to give my glory to none other. Neither my praises to graven images. God, God is passionate about you and he's passionate about his glory. You ask, why is God so passionate? It's because he is preeminent. He is the first. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Have you ever thought about just how grand God is, how awesome the Lord is? You know, just the other day I was talking with somebody about creation story. I love reciting Genesis 1. Isn't it amazing? In the beginning, watch this, God created the heavens and the earth. No, 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 watch And the earth was without form, void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Notice God. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Revelation of himself. (laughs) And the Bible says, and God saw that light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And the light he called day. And the darkness he called night. Watch this. And the Bible says, and this is the evening and the morning of the first day. Think think about the power of God quantified in a day, in 24 hours. Friend, it's not millennial. God didn't do this over millions of years. He did it in 24 hours. I love creation story. In 24 hours, the Bible says on day two, God creates the firmament, the atmosphere. Day three, the Bible says that God uh, told the waters and the earth to separate itself. And it's there that God points his finger at the earth and says, bring forth and bud, grass and herb and fruit, yielding after its kind. Ah, somebody. Uh, Some of y'all remember day four. Remember day four? The Bible says that God called a greater light and a lesser light to become. And that greater light we call the sun and that lesser light we call the moon. What did God say? We're going to use this for signs and for seasons and for, and, and for days and for years. And God put it all into motion. Do, do, do you know right now the, the, the miraculous power of God in the motion of the day that even right now the earth is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour? We, we, are, we are rotating around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. We are moving through our galaxy at 483 miles per hour. Our God is miraculous. He is powerful. He has all ability. And he did it all in the course of the day. 24 hours. There ain't nothing to God. Look at your number and say, there ain't nothing to God, baby. 24 hours. God did it all. 
Y'all remember the story day five. God calls the seas to team with life. Day six, God calls mammals and then he makes us. Oh, to take care of all that he had made, to take dominion for his name. And then the Bible says, on the seventh day, he rested. Did all of that. And on the seventh day, he just said, I, I, I'm resting. And he commands us to rest. Remember to keep the Sabbath day. Hold. We got to rest on the Sabbath. Because it's just the day of rest. God made the day. How miraculous it is. Right. You, you, you got up and didn't realize just how miraculous the day really is. Now, 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 to the believer, to the Hebrew who understood the power of God, who understood just how miraculous the day is, he gives to you, the psalmist gives to you the practicality of how do we give God back his day? Because <laughs> I'm talking about time, baby. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about time. Look at the neighbor behind you and say, what time is it? <laughs> talking about time. How do we keep time first with God? How do we take the day and give it back to God? Well, the psalmist gives it to us. David says, watch this. David says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. Friend, you need to sanctify the day. This is the day that the Lord made. Look at your name and say, God made this day, baby. It ain't yours. It ain't yours. You got up and thought it was yours. It ain't yours. God made it. Belongs to God. Will you say it to yourself? The day belongs to God. This is not my day. This is God's day. How do I preserve it? How do I sanctify the day into God? How do I keep the day sanctified? How do I separate? I'm so busy. I go to work and I'm laboring and I have kids to take care of and I got to cook a meal and I got to wash the clothes and I got to do the dishes and I got to go over here and I got to do that and somebody's doing this and my kids are doing that over there. How do I keep the day sanctified before the Lord? This is the day which the Lord hath made. Watch this. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hmm. That's a strange thing to say. That the way that I'm going to sanctify the day is I've got to understand my role in that day is to rejoice. I've got to learn how to rejoice. Stop for a moment and, and, and just reflect upon yourself. I know you wish your auntie was here. My auntie was here. She because she's always sad and she's always all busted up. She needs this message. You, you need the message, friend. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you learned how to rejoice in the day that God gave you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rejoicing. Uh, David gives this, this, this phrase. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is the cherry on top of this statement where Paul says, Paul is giving this expression. I know what it is to be abased. 
And I know what it is to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. How to abound and to suffer need. He's saying, listen, I have to learn how to rejoice in everything. Somebody say everything. I know you got some problems going on at home. You need to be rejoicing in the house of God. I, I know you've got a situation and it's troubling your mind, but baby, until you know how to rejoice, you won't prioritize your day. You won't see your breakthrough. Listen, friend, I'm here to tell you that when you rejoice and give thanks unto God, for is not this the measure that Paul taught the church at Thessalonia? He says this, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And what does he say? Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We have to sanctify the day as a matter of rejoicing. Most people don't know what it is to rejoice. Uh, Most people have never understood what it is to be glad. Do you know that the Hebrew word for rejoicing is nagala, which means to spin. You know, just to spin, to, 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 to do a period for God. You ever seen somebody just so joyful and they're just, just spinning, just spinning, just spinning. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will spin about. Do, do, do you know that, 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 that the word glad in Hebrew literally means to brighten up? Look at your neighbor and say, baby, you need to brighten up. You look so gloomy. You need to brighten up. You need to spin around. You need to rejoice in the Lord. Could I suggest to you that maybe you ought to start dancing for the Lord? Mm. We're in a culture that doesn't know how to sanctify the day. You know what God wants for you in this day? He wants you to dance in him. He wants you to turn around and brighten up and be glad. You see, well, preacher, I I, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know the problems I have going on in my life. I I hear what you're saying, Pastor. It sounds practical, but you don't understand the situation that I'm in. Friend, I do understand your situation. The problem is you haven't prioritized your life in God under the basis of what really makes you happy. I'll give a story. Years ago, I was requesting of God for the gift of healing. I remember I labored before God in prayer and supplication. God, I need this gift. People need help. People are sick. They need to see this gift moving. The young people need to see that God still heals. Because is our God not a healer? I remember that I asked petition for the gift. I just never prioritized it. I, I was in a meeting. I, re- I remember this when I got the gift of healing. I remember it because I was in a meeting at work, and, and, and we were all there around a large table meeting with the superintendent, and we were debating about the prayer at the polls. This was back when it was controversial, you know. Should the ch- school be involved with prayer of any kind? You know, kids were going to come around the flagpole and pray. And I remember I was sitting there. I represented all of the brown side of Oak Cliff. Somebody said it's the brown side of Oak Cliff. 
There's a black side, there's a brown side. I was on the brown side. And my friend Victor Smith, who was the president of NAACP, he was on the black side. And, and our side, both sides said, we want prayer at the pole. It just so happened that one of my coworkers, she, when it came to her turn and the superintendent asked her, what do you think? She stood up and said, well, I believe that there should always be a separation between church and state. And I believe it violates even the very principles of this school and what we stand for. There should never be prayer at the polls. And she sat down. I remember my, got a little upset, you know, my mind was racing and she had the audacity. She had the, as they say, the unmitigated goal to look over at me and say, Daniel, after I spoke, I said a few words. We're, we're happy about prayer. She, after I finished speaking, she looked and said, she said, preacher, my elbow is killing me. And because I was in the spirit, I said, good. I hope it hurts. I hope you, you never, I hope that elbow never moves. I hope it just gets stiff on you. I hope it hurts you for weeks on it. And the spirit of God said, did you ask me for the gift of healing? Or did you ask? See, 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 the problem was I was asking God for something that I never prioritized who the source was. And how the source would have me to use it, not how I wanted to use it. How, how many things are in your life right now that you've never prioritized with God? How many things are in your life right now should they be taken away would cause you to be sour with God? Is it a lot? Is, is it your job? Is it your career? Is it a friend? Is it a family member? Is it a son or a daughter? What thing could God remove for you right now that you would curse his name? Friend, you need to prioritize everything in your life. Because here's what I know about God. God will always test you in what is greater, the gift or the giver. Let me say that one more time. God always prioritizes a believer by helping you distinguish which is greater, the gift or the giver. I think there's a lot of things you're holding on to that you haven't prioritized under your rejoicing. Under the preeminence of God, this comes from God. God determines how I use it. That when we begin to understand the preeminence of God, God said, it is mine. This day is mine. You belong to me. My glory belongs to me. And I'm going to use you any way I want to use you. Clap for the Lord right now. That's a good place to clap. When you touch them and say, God, I'm going to use you. Touch them back and say, any way he wants to use you. All that sanctimony you had, Lord, use me. He's going to use you. Gonna, anybody ever pray, Lord, use me? He's going to use you in ways you didn't think he'd use you. I'll never forget it. I told the Lord, no, I'm not going to pray for her. Spirit says, yes, you are going to pray for her. I said, no, I'm not going to pray for her. He says, yes, you are going to pray for her. And it finally got to a point where I had to surrender to the Spirit of God. And I remember I reached over and, and, and I, I said, Jane, do you mind if I pray for your elbow? She said, yeah, go ahead. In the name of Jesus, 
I loose you from this pain. And I bind to you the power of God, healing right now in Jesus' name. And I remember I took my hands off her and I sat there just quietly. I remember this like it was yesterday. That from my left ear, I could begin to hear her very heart begin to beat. I thought that she was having a heart attack. For in about 10 seconds, I remember she grabbed her chest. And she leaned over to says, Daniel, the pain is gone. I learned then that my gift has to be prioritized. I need to know who the source is. It has to be labeled under the title, Rejoice. It, it has to be titled under, organized, prioritized, under the title, Rejoice in the Lord always. That means that if it's taken, it doesn't rob my joy. Let me say that one more time. That if it's taken, it doesn't rob my joy. Let me say it one more time for somebody because I'm helping you prioritize your day because you see there's going to be some things come your way that if you haven't prioritized your gifts, your abilities, your family, your money, your things, your stuff, you're not going to honor God today. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, if you're here and you're gloomy, and you know why you're gloomy, because you got some problem. Friend, your problem has not been prioritized under rejoicing in the Lord. Listen, could I suggest to you, could I suggest to you that the apostles left us some knowledge concerning the things of God? The Bible says, rejoice greatly when your faith is tested when you go through diverse temptations. Listen, we're supposed to be glad when we get trouble. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Look at today and say, you didn't hear that, man. You missed right over that. You glossed right over that. You don't want to hear the preacher say, you've got to be glad when you got problems. Well, why are we glad when we got problems? Because we know that God's going to step into that thing. All we got to do is rejoice in the Lord and give thanks to God. Listen, can I ask you a question? How thankful are you? How thankful are you? I'm just, I'm just testing your day. I'm seeing if you can give God what belongs back to him. Listen, how thankful are you? Do you know that giving thanks is the disposition of a person of faith? How many know that we have this confidence that if God hears us, we have whatever we ask God for? How many know that? Just like five of us. The rest of y'all been in the dark all this time. Listen, I'm here to tell you that God hears what you ask him for. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. If you know that you have what you ask God for, the most reasonable thing that we can do is to give thanks. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. See, see, that's why you can't honor God in the day. There's too many things that are going to conflict with his schedule over your schedule. Too many things that get between you and God so that your day is not prioritized in the Lord. Because I'm here to tell you, every day you get up, the enemy is competing for your time. The enemy is jockeying for time away from God, from your time be rejoicing before the Lord. He's trying to create a lifestyle for you that's burdensome. So that you just stopped praising God. 
Giving thanks is the disposition of a person, a man or a woman of faith. For isn't it right if you believe that God said yes, you'd say thank you? Giving thanks is the will of God concerning you. Why is it the will of God? Because it proves that you believe that God will supply. You got a problem in your life? Give it to God and say, thank you, Lord. You have a need, something's going on and it's troubling your mind, just tell God, God, here it is. Thank you for solving it. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for helping me. Get in the disposition of faith. Because God is going to test you. As sure as I'm standing here, I'm here to tell you, every aspect of your life will be tested before God, whether the thing in your life is listed under rejoicing or listed under a possession. Y'all got that? I'm showing you how to sanctify your day. You sanctify it by turning around and brightening up. You want to honor God in this day? You want to give God priority in your time? Go ahead and start dancing and start rejoicing. I I love what Elder Richard said. Listen, if you know you beat the enemy, you should be dancing. If you know you have victory, you should be celebrating. Friend, why are you so gloomy? Will you look at your neighbor and say, why are you so sad? Why, why, why? Why these sad faces in the house of God? In the 12th chapter book of Genesis, now I'm going to get to the subject matter. (laughs) To the text. In the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, God calls Abraham out of the Chaldeans. Uh, He gives Abraham a wonderful promise. He says, listen, wherever your feet go, I'm going to give it to you. Can you imagine this morning if God gave you that promise, would you still be here? If God told me everywhere your feet go, I'm going to get, I took off running. Y'all can preach to yourself. I'm gone. He said, everywhere your feet go, I'm going to give it to you. You see them stars up in the sky? As numerous as those stars are, I'm going to make you, the, you're going to be the father. Your descendants are going to be as numerous. If you can even count them, I'm going to make you more than the very stars in the solar system. Abraham was after one thing. You see, Sarai was barren. You you know how it is when you want something. Anybody ever want something? No, no, no. I'm not talking about a sip of water or some Coke Zero. I'm talking about you really want something. I mean, uh, better yet, you, you want something that you know you can't provide for yourself. Right. Anybody ever want something and the thing that you want is dependent upon somebody else? But you want it. Abraham wanted prodigy. He wanted a son. Uh, some, of y'all, some of y'all know the story in the 15th chapter of, 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 of the book of Genesis. God comes, comes again and says, listen, Abraham, uh, I'm going to keep my covenant, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. So many great things. You can't even go through the list of all the great things God's going to do. And you know what Abraham said? Yeah, but where's my boy at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But where's my boy? 
He goes, don't worry. I haven't forgotten what I promised you. 25 years later, he's just sitting out on the porch of his house. Sarah's inside doing some stuff, and he sees three men walking down the road. He recognizes that this is a divine appointment. This is what we call a theophany. Christ appears. The Bible says they came and, and he offered them a meal. In fact, some of y'all know that he offered them three measures of meal. How many know that's prophetic? And he offers them them and they said, and, and the Lord tells Abraham uh, and the angels with them that at the time of life, Sarah's going to bring a son, going to bring forth a son. <laughs> so funny that Sarah was already old, you see. She's 90 years old. Come on, ladies, that's where you're supposed to be laughing. First of all, what is she doing at 90 having relations? Secondly, we know things don't work no more like they used to work. She thought it was so, she thought it was so ridiculous the thought that she would have a child. And now, you know what the Bible says? You know what she did? She started laughing. Just, <laughs> and the Lord heard it. He heard it. Abraham's 99 years old. I mean, you know, things ain't working when you're 99. Brothers and sisters, friends, guests, hear this. They had a boy. I, 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 I can see it in, in my mind. I, I can see them there looking at this child. Abraham is 99 years old. It's, it's a picture it in your mind. Two old people. Somebody say, old people. Oh. Don't look around. I want to get offended. There's a few old people in here. But no, nobody as near as old as Abraham and Sarah. And they're holding this child. And they have to give the child a name. But before they can name the child, they have to prioritize who he is. Where, how did he get here? Who is the source of this miracle? And so watch this. So they named him Isaac. See, we speak English, so Isaac doesn't mean nothing. But if you were in the days that Abraham lived, when you said the word Isaac, how many know that Hebrew uh, has a meaning and the meaning is the name? So when you would speak Hebrew, you were literally describing the very thing that you were naming. So in Hebrew, the name is the meaning, and the meaning is the name. And so when they said, well, what's his name? This is what they said. He will laugh. He will rejoice. His name is laughter and rejoicing. For 25 years, they waited for this child. 
And they said, this child is called laughter and rejoicing. They prioritized Isaac at his birth when they received him. So watch this. Because your God always says, I'm going to test you to see which is greater, the gift or the giver. And I'm glad God does that because how many know your God is a blesser? And sometimes we can be so blessed and we can have so much and we can see all the goodness of God that we stop rejoicing and we stop being glad and we stop being thankful. And God said, listen, I'm going to bring you back to test you again, to help you understand where does all this stuff come from. And friend, I'm just giving you a little bit of advice to get you ahead of the curve. You better get everything in your life under the title of rejoicing, under the title of thanksgiving, under the title of God's preeminence. Otherwise, you will lose your day in the Lord you're going to lose your day in the Lord there's too many things competing in this world too many things competing in this world too many things competing against your time with God because you haven't prioritized your job with God your employer's not the source God's the source Your wife isn't your helper. God is your helper. Friend, you better get this stuff straight. You better know where things come from. Listen, the Bible says that they just said, listen, let's prioritize them. Let's call them laughter and rejoicing. Let's just prioritize it. How about if you got some of this stuff in your life and just said, I'm just going to call it laughter and rejoicing. I'm just going to say God's the source. Because watch what happens. Abraham's just there. He's with his son Isaac. Some theologians say that he's already 30 years of age. Won't get into that part of the subject, but the Bible says that God said, Abraham. The Bible says, Abraham says, behold, here I am. And then God said, Abraham, I want you to give me your son. I want you to take your son Isaac, the one whom you love. And I want you to take him to a mountain that I'm going to show you. And I want you to sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. You know, burnt. Somebody say burnt. You know, burnt. Ashes. He's going to turn him into ash. The thing that I promised you, the thing that I said I was going to give you, I, 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 I want you to take them. I'm going to take you to Mount, Mount Moriah. I want you to take them there, and I want you to burn them to death. Burn them to a powder. And the Bible says, catch this, early. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear what I just said. He didn't procrastinate. He didn't put it off. He didn't do it with with somber and with tears. The Bible says early the next morning, he went out and he sat off that ass. The Bible says he literally chopped the wood for his own son's burning. He saddled up the ass, took his men's servant and said, let's go. And there Abraham went with his laughter and his rejoicing. To sacrifice his son upon a mountain that God would show him. 
do, do, do you know that when they got there, uh, when Abraham saw the mountain afar off, that Abraham told his men servants, you stay here while I and the lad go yonder to worship and return again unto you. Theologians speculate that Abraham had a glimpse of resurrection. <laughs> Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying, man. This stuff is deep when you get things prioritized in your life. The Bible says that, that when he took him on the way up, Isaac with the load of wood upon his back said to his daddy, Daddy, where's the lamb to sacrifice? To which Abraham said prophetically, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. I'm talking about the day, baby. I'm talking about how we sanctify the day. When your day is prioritized by rejoicing and giving thanks and calling God the source, then the day and early in the morning you rise up and you're ready to worship God and nothing's going to stand between you and him. And the Bible says that when Abraham got there and Isaac was there and Abraham began to fix the, the, the wood for the burnt offering, the Bible says that he... Tied him up. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying, man. This, this wasn't for somebody else to do. This is what, what Abraham had to do. The Bible said he bound him up and picked up his son and placed him on the altar. And the Bible says, and he got that knife. And he stood over his son with that knife in his hand. Just when he was about to flinch to bring that knife through his son's heart, an angel showed up. Yeah. Said, don't you touch that boy. Yeah. Don't you do anything to that young man. For God says, now I know that you love me. Now I know that you love me because you have not withheld your son, your only son, the one that you love, and you gave him to me. And the Bible says that God of himself began to speak. Now I know that you love me. And with blessing upon blessing, am I going to bless your life? Multiply whatever I said I was going to do for you because I'm going to do it because you prioritized me. Brother and sister, listen, you want to honor God in your time? Put everything under the title of rejoicing. Put it all there. Put your unemployment there. You hear what I just said? Put your unemployment under rejoicing. Put your last x-ray under rejoicing. Put your prescription medication under rejoicing. Put all the thing that you think might hurt you, put it under the title of rejoicing. Put it all there. Go ahead and celebrate God for all the things you're suffering through because God is about to break through. When you prioritize God, God's going to do something miraculous for your life. And with multiplying, God said, I'm going to multiply the blessing. Friend, you want to give God maximum time? I know I'm here, and I know there's people here that want to begin to say, well, Pastor, tell me how to govern my day. How, how many hours should I pray? How many hours should I read my Bible? How do I give God back hours upon hours upon hours? Why would I teach you that if you haven't fallen in love with God yet? 
Why would I give you more duties to do if you don't even know why you do the duty that you do? Listen, I'm here to tell you today, today, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Sanctified unto the Lord. Today, you need to rejoice. You need to rejoice. You need to give thanks. You need to be glad. You need to tell the Father, listen, whatever I'm going through, I'm going through. Whatever hardship I'm suffering, I'm suffering through. But I'll do it for your glory. Let me end with this. You know, there's been some trouble around my home lately. It's just some trouble, you know. I suffer the things you suffer through. Just because I have preacher doesn't make me exempt to problems. Don't make me exempt. And in fact, could I suggest to you that I'm under more attack than you are? Because the enemy knows if you take the head, you'll take the body too. So I've had problems. I have some. Let me, let me tell you. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, baby, ain't nothing. Listen, I've been praying for a few things. I said, there ain't nothing that's going to rob my joy. And nothing's going to take me from celebrating God or what he's done. Nothing can compare to that. And so I'm going to celebrate God in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my suffering. It don't matter to me. I will not lose my joy. I will not lose my rejoicing. I'm going to spin about and glorify God and celebrate his name and herald him and speak well of him because I know he's my source. Do you know I was in the car? I told my wife, I said, baby, listen, there ain't nothing that don't bother me at all. That don't bother me at all. I consider it pure joy. Because I've already told God about it. God's already on it. I don't got to worry about it. I gave it to God. I have confidence in him. And do you know the very next day? Got to hear what I just said. Very next day, boom, breakthrough comes. Just bam, 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 there it is. I didn't have to work for it, didn't have to labor for it, didn't have to get mad about it, didn't have to frown about it, didn't have to call my friends and complain about all the things that aren't going right. I just simply trusted in the Lord. Friend, all I did was I rejoiced, and I was glad, and I was full of thanksgiving. And you know, God multiplied the blessing back to me. God sent me here today. You want to prioritize your day? Put everything under rejoicing. Put everything under the title to rejoice. Okay, so check it out. So I just want you to see. I don't want you to be a hearer of the word. I want you to be a doer. Stand up if you got a problem. Just stand up if you got a problem. Man, just even in your standing, you're going to see breakthrough. Just stand up. You got a problem. Somebody, you know, got a problem. Could be relational. Could be financial. Could be Something in your health, some situation, something. Just stand up if you got a problem. Everybody's standing up. Everybody's standing up. Everybody's on the feet. Look around you. And the only people that are sitting down is because they can't stand up. Look, look around. Look around yourself. Look, just so that you won't. You know, the devil's trying to make you think that you're the only one going through what you're going through. That everybody in the church is so happy, everybody is hunky-dory. If only you could have their life. Trust me, my friend. Trust me, my friend. I want you to see in the house of the Lord what's happening here. I want you to think about your problem. And you be honest with God this morning. Has your problem interrupted your relationship with God? You be honest. You You don't have to say, raise your hand, say hallelujah, amen. I just want you to be honest about your trouble. Has your trouble affected your relationship with God such that you're questioning who God is and what he does? 
Has your problem caused your life to lack joy and excitement in the Lord? And if it has, I want you to put your problem under the heading rejoice. I want you to physically drag that thing. I want you in the spirit to take that thing by the hair and drag it under the title of rejoicing. That you are not going to cause me to lose my joy. You're not going to cause me to lose this day in God. You're not going to cause me to walk around uh, in the doldrums and sad and disgusted about what's happened. I'm going to celebrate God right here, right now, this day. God says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We sanctify it with rejoicing and being glad in it.